This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. This is the Work and Life podcast, which explores how to create harmony among the different parts of life, work, home, community, and the private self, your mind, body, and spirit. Here's your host, founding director of Wharton's Work-Life Integration Project and author of the bestseller, Total Leadership, Professor Stu Friedman. This is a special edition of the Work and Life show. My new book, Parents Who Lead, The Leadership Approach You Need to Parent with Purpose, Fuel Your Career, and Create a Richer Life, co-authored with Alyssa Westring, has just been published. And it reached Amazon's number one bestseller in work life. It's also a nominee for Dan Pink, Adam Grant, Susan Kane, and Malcolm Gladwell's Next Big Idea Club. This episode features four working parents who were in our Parents Who Lead lab as subjects in the research for the book. They talk about their experience in the workshop and what they took away from it. So if you're a working parent or you know of and care about mothers or fathers who work, I think you'll find this evidence-based guide for action to be not only practical, but fun. My guests in the first half of the show are Daniel Chen, who was head of business development at Quicken and now leads business development at a tech startup called Brightside in San Francisco, and Adrian DeMori, who has spent the last five years working for cultural care au pair as an area coordinator, supporting au pairs and families, as well as managing a group of local child care consultants in Southern California. Both Daniel and Adrian were in our workshop with their partners in parenting. And in the second half of the show, we talk with Jason Collier and his wife, Heidi Hess von Ludwig. Jason is a product manager in North Carolina with a background in software development and design thinking. Heidi is a strategic business consultant and change manager for internal programs at Red Hat Software. We talk about a lot of things in this episode including uh, the challenges faced by today's working fathers and mothers and the ways in which the science of leadership, based on a large body of research that Alyssa and I pulled together, how that science can be fruitfully applied to the art of parenting. My four guests, all working parents, talk candidly about the obstacles they faced in our Parents Who Lead lab and what it takes to learn to lead as a parent, to improve their family and personal lives and their performance at work. They tell some compelling stories that illustrate the power of having a collective leadership vision with your partner in parenting, the value of small, smart, and intentional experiments in how you live and work, and the way that bringing others along by engaging in fresh, meaningful ways, especially with your children, can help make sustainable change that works for all the different parts of your life, especially as a parent. So now, get set to listen to and learn from four very different working parents about what it takes, really what it means to be a parent who leads and how to become one. Daniel and Adrian, welcome to Work and Life. Hi. Thank, thank you so much, Stu. Great to, uh, great to participate. Well, it's Hi, gr- Adrian. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you, Daniel? Well, all right. It's great to have you both here. Uh, let me start with you, Adrian. Uh, let's just jump right in. What was, what was the most valuable aspect of the Parents Who Lead program for you? I think the most valuable aspect was honestly just being able to take these 
skills and work on them together. I think especially in kind of today's life where parents do a lot of tag teaming. Um, and we, you know, we have these goals that we've talked about at some point, right? Maybe early on in our relationship and mm-hmm. kind of what we want out of our lives and then your life happens. Um, and it was just being able to sort of step back and, and kind of apply like a strategy mm-hmm. to our home life as well and review again, you know, not just what we want for our lives now with our kids and our families, but my favorite, and I might be jumping ahead, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. My, my absolute favorite exercise we did was when we had to separately write um, what, where we, the, kind of the, um, our, our shared, what our vision was, mm-hmm. and then come together and say what our shared vision was. Like, where did we see ourselves in retirement? You know, if I had to say 20 years from now or more than that, you know, where would I be? And we did them separately. So it was kind of cool to come together and mm-hmm. see if those aligned. If they didn't, can we, you know, how do we get them to align? And then what do we do to get there? You know, and it's not just, yeah, we want to retire at age, you know, whatever, 65. And, and we want to have a lot of money so we can travel. It was so much more specific than that. And mm-hmm. it was just it was really one of the coolest exercises, I thought, because then you could kind of step back from there and go, okay, now let's figure out, are we on the path to get there? What do we need to do? And then there were some great well, things. Let me just um, jump in here and oh. just just tell listeners, this is where we start. So the Parents yeah. Who Lead project is based on my total leadership program. And what my colleague Alyssa Westring and I did was to reimagine it and design it for parenting partnerships, people who are raising kids together. And we begin with what's most important to you. So there's a couple of exercises that ask you to identify your values, to look at what's important in the different parts of your life and where you focus your attention. And all that leads up to your separately identifying your leadership vision. Uh, Describe a day in your life way out in the future. What are you doing during that day? And Why are you doing it? And then, as Adrian just described, to come together with your partner to share those and figure out how are we going to create a collective leadership vision. And yes, I've heard this from a lot of folks. Uh, For many people, that's really uh, a kind of um, important jumping off point because most people don't do that sort of thing normally. Right, Adrian? Right. Right. Exactly. It was, 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 I totally agree. And that was really nice for us. Do. Let me yeah. let me ask uh, Daniel Chen to jump in here. What was the most valuable aspect of the Parents Who Lead program for you? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna first of all congratulations on on the new book. The work that you and Alyssa and the entire team have put together has been incredible, and I'm just so happy to see it help other people. Um, well, the, you the you played that, a you played an important role in that, Daniel and Adrian, and and uh, I certainly appreciate that. But please continue. Yeah, what Adrian mentioned is uh, particularly impactful for me and Loretta. We met when we were in high school. Okay. So idea of that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it was in the late nineties. Okay. Um, yeah, but having the you know, the intent to sit down and say, "Hey, what do we stand for? What are our values? Mm-hmm. What is most important to us? How does reality align with expectations and goals?" is not something we ever did. We grew together. Mm-hmm. As in, hey, it's fun to hang out together. Let's just move on with life and let life guide us. And I think a lot of people do that. And it's interesting how in this program we've we've melded and brought together best practices and principles that are used in the business world mm-hmm. to family and life. And the perspective shifts and the uncovering of blind spots was the most impactful thing for me. Could, and in a way both a combination of scary and stressful. Mm-hmm. Like, what is Loretta going to say? To Adrian's point, we had to write these perspectives separately and mm-hmm. then come together to see where it might go and find where there was misalignment. More importantly, ideas on where we could come together. Mm-hmm. I think that was the most impactful thing that came from mm-hmm. the work together. So when you say uncovering blind spots, you mean things that you thought you knew about Loretta or that you thought or that you didn't know about yourself that that you found out were true or not true as a result of your doing these exercises together? Is that what you meant or something Most, else? I, I would say it's two things. One is assumptions of what I believed about myself or about what Loretta believed about our family. 
And the second thing is the dy- dy- dynamic nature of how blind spots change. I mean, I've, I'm a younger dad. Uh, actually, I'm not young. I'm an early dad. Let's just say, my, you know, I have two small kids. And just my own perspective over the past few years is shifting as that dad component becomes more important and more real as mm-hmm. my kids are growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, you know, I'm being aware and calling out these uh, new emotions and new perspectives is incredibly important because time flies. And if you don't pay attention to it now, it's going to catch up to you and cause all sorts of stress that is unique to parents who are uh, busy growing their lives. Well, let me ask you, uh, back to you, Adrian. Um, did you find this to be kind of awkward to do it? Or did you think like, oh, wow, what a Wharton-type thing to do, to think about leadership and, and my life as a, as, a, as a mother, as a spouse? Did that seem like weird to you, or were you ready to jump right in? Or what was your sense you know, as you, as you began our work together some years ago? So honestly, I was the one who, made my, who pushed my husband to do it. Oh, okay. Um, so we got the email and I was like, this is really cool. We got to do this. And I remember way, way, way back in the beginning, you know, we filled out a questionnaire mm-hmm. um, to kind of be, you know, to be selected and that sort of thing. Um, but no, I was all in. I mean, my, I, partly because I know my husband and I know what he responds well to, uh, but always just a little bit of what you know was saying, I think as a parent, they like, I, I probably maybe should have been a more purposeful parent early on. Who knows? And there are those out there who are amazing, and they know exactly their parenting style and mm-hmm. how they want to discipline. And, how they, and unfortunately, like Craig and I, when we met, we uh, we were both kind of early on in these. Uh, at the time for me, you know, we were very gung ho in our careers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both of us very busy, and so our parenting, we knew we wanted kids. And our parenting sort of happened without a lot of discussions about how we would manage things moving forward. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes in fairness to parents, you also just don't know. You can't anticipate everything, right? <laughs> of course not. Um, oh, my God. Know, it's a, it's like, an ongoing mystery that continues to mystify, does it not? Right? Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so for me, I thought, wow, this is a really cool way to approach this. And I knew it was a language that my husband would speak and understand mm-hmm. because he had taken the class. But it just sounded, you know, our kids are older now. So How old are um, your kids? Now they range, there's four of them, mm-hmm. and our youngest will be eight in April. So they range in age from about eight to 14. Mm-hmm. Our oldest just turned 14. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, this was like a really cool thing because um, I knew it was something that I we could also sort of, you know, talk to them about. And you know, about why we're doing certain things and what we're doing and, you know, kind of bring them on board with us mm-hmm. too. Well, that so, was, that was an important part of the work that, that we asked you to it, do, but please complete your thought and then I'll, I'll jump back in. Yeah, no. Um, so, so for me, I was really excited about, it. I mean, I, um, um, like I said, it just, it just seemed like a really novel approach mm-hmm. to kind of the way you parent, but very logical and, you know, it really made sense. So yeah, apply these leaderships that you take in all these other, like in your business life, why wouldn't it work at home kind of mm-hmm, thing? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we had yeah. we had to figure out how to make it work and you, and you both helped us to do that. So after we ask you to think about your values, your vision, and to make those really come to life in the way that you've just described it, we ask you to identify who the most important people are in your life, starting with your kids and what you think they expect of you and what you expect of them. Right. Uh, and, and, and as well to, to reach out into the other parts of your world to identify the most important people there as well and to connect with those folks as leaders do to identify what matters most to the people around you, to build trust by developing a better understanding of what those people need and to then undertake those conversations and then from all of that to develop ideas for experimentation, to try new ways of getting things done. Daniel, what was uh, the most difficult part of this of this program for you and Loretta? The uh, it's funny that uh, um, Adrian mentions that she was the driving force to uh, to get get her and Gregoire involved. Uh-huh. Um, Loretta was the same thing. So there seems to be this is a small a small sample, but it seems <laughs> like 
women have better intuition for what's uh, helpful for the relationship and for the family. The hardest part was honestly the the the, the, the change in uh, perspective required to step back and hmm. go through the thought exercises. Um, especially as parents, you're caught up in the day-to-day between work and taking care of the kids, especially with the small ones at home. And we really needed to find space, both mentally as well as physically, mm-hmm. to focus on the work that that we needed to put in and also to be open to receive new ideas as part of the experiments and the conversations that we had with other parents. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be careful in saying that you know, it wasn't it wasn't difficult or hard. It was new. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the ability to prioritize, which means deprecating other things that we'd normally want to do or would naturally do, was not uh, not something that came to us. And what was very helpful was having you and the team and peers to encourage us and to help us see through. Uh, the the different ways to approach how to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love is, you know, just preparing for this call, I was looking at some of the notes uh, on the drive, and it, it was just an, it's just amazing to have that documentation. And it's 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 not only helpful to inspire a current conversation, but I know uh, we're, we're going to keep building on it. Well, I, w- I wanted to get to that, and uh, let me go back to you, Adrian, uh, as to like what. What's been the most interesting or important thing that has stayed with you since we did this work together a couple of years ago? Um, you know, one of the things we talked about was the experiment. Mm-hmm. And so we had decided that one of the experiments we would do was to start having a weekly meeting with our children. Okay. Um, Seems pretty simple. It. it does, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know... I think certainly when they're little, you're not including them in the conversation. And so as, again, our children have gotten older, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of them and <laughs> they do a lot of stuff. Um, but just, you know, helping, sitting down every week and talking about, you know, how are we going to manage our week? How are we going to decide what we're going to do, what we're not going to do? You know, and now we have these conversations with them where we, where we do everything from, you know, talk about uh, not just where we're going to go on vacation, but just, you know, we do talk about vacation or what uh, what extracurriculars are important or those kinds of things. But we try to align it with all of our visions for kind mm-hmm. of what we want to do and what we want from life so that we're all just a little with everything in our lives. It's just a little more purposeful about sort of working toward mm-hmm. a shared vision. You know, and mm-hmm. even things like making decisions to do certain things because we ha- we're building in family time mm-hmm. versus, yeah, I know you really want to go to this birthday party or whatever, but, you know, if we say yes to everything, then we lose time together. And, like, really helping them understand, I'm, you know, not letting them say, no, this is what I'm going to do necessarily, and we talk to them so everybody feels like, you know, everybody has a say. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, of course, we have the final decision. Mm-hmm. But it's like, this is this is why we're saying yes to this or we're saying no to this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, this is what we've decided as family and as parents are our most important values. That's such an important idea, Adrian. I'm so glad you spoke to that because that really is a primary purpose for this whole project is to help parents, mothers and fathers anywhere to be more conscious of their values and to have those values drive their leadership in their lives in all the different parts of their lives and especially with their kids. So it's, it's, uh, it's heartening to hear that, that, that you've been cultivating that continually. How about you, Daniel? What, what, has, uh, what has resonated and remained with you most, most clearly in, in the couple of years since we did our original work together back in the lab? Right. Um, I think the biggest thing is bridging the strategy to tangible, tactical changes in my life that we've now implemented on a durable, permanent basis. Can you give I us mean, an example? Much of, yeah, of course. Much of our conversation has been about values and principles and conversation. And where the rubber meets the road and you know, what decisions are you going to make mm-hmm. that are different today mm-hmm. based on those perspectives? I'll give you one example. So my six-year-old 
uh, is interested in martial arts. He wants to go to Kung Fu or Taekwondo class. And the majority of those classes are you drop off your kids and they go for the class and you observe, you sit and watch them or you, you, you take a walk or something and you come back and pick them up. Uh, one of the perspectives that we learned through the program was the four-way perspective between mm-hmm. community, self, family, and work. Mm-hmm. And I'm always thinking about how can I get more involved, connect with my son, but also in a way that achieves these multiple perspectives at the same time. So we actually actively sought and deliberately found a program called Krav and Cubs. And it's Krav Maga, so uh, Israeli Defense Forces Mixed Martial Arts for Kids. Okay. It requires parental involvement. So every week, my you, son Sterling gets you, to choose between... Beating Loretta you up or beating so mom up. up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's amazing because there's, like, there's this whole new level of appreciation for being involved, learning a new skill with my son. It's also fun. We're doing exercise and things like that. But also, more importantly, teaching him in the moment the value of respect and self-defense mm-hmm. and what it's for. This mm-hmm. is not, you know, this is not just for fun. This is a practical skill, and it also helps us expand our relationship. It's something that we uh-huh. can share uniquely. And I, I don't know if that's a four-way win, but it's definitely a two- or three-way win. Well, how did, We're uh, also involved in the community, and I, it's, just, it's just amazing. If I didn't have that perspective, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to make these decisions. Well, and, and what about your career? How, how did our work together uh, influence your thinking and your performance in your, in your work life? Adrian, I'll, I'll ask you the same thing in a minute. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's challenging. Um, I mean, my role at Quicken and now at Brightside is in business development, meaning that I'm mostly external-facing, building relationships with partners, and that means I travel a lot. So I'll give you uh, an, an example. One is I've one experiment that I learned from other parents who took the program was find ways to connect with your kids and your family in a, in a non-contemporaneous way, which mm-hmm. is a fancy way of saying, leave notes for them, mm-hmm. to discover and find, to tell them and share with them that they're, you're thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And, and the most rewarding thing I got from this experiment, Stu, was just, this is, this is literally only three weeks ago, I was on a business trip and I found a note from my six-year-old son in my bag saying that he loves me with mm-hmm. a drawing. And, I, and this is like he did this completely on his own. And I got to believe that's inspired by this experiment that, mm-hmm. again, naturally would not have come to me. Just to prioritize, set aside the time, mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm at work, but I'm also a dad mm-hmm. at all times. And that's got to affect how you think about your work when you're away, right? Incredibly. Have, it it, it allows like me to worry less mm-hmm. about my son missing me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still miss him, but... It, it gives me a, a new level of uh, clarity and ability to be present mm-hmm. during conversations mm-hmm. at work so that I can do the same thing when I'm with my family and vice versa. Awesome. How about you, Adrian? How did our work together affect how you think about work in your life? Well, a couple different ways. So funny enough, a big part of my role is uh, working for an au pair agency is I support au pairs and families as they sort of journey together. And um, one of the things that I now recommend to all my au pairs and host families is that they have a weekly meeting because they are partners together raising kids because that's what au pairs do. They come from another country, they stay with you, and they mm-hmm. help you, they help take care of your kids, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but the other thing is it, it actually kind of, for me, helped me decide my background is not in what I'm doing now. I actually worked in, you know, marketing, communications, and advertising. I worked for large companies. But what it helped me decide was that based on what my values are for myself, for my family, um, for my community, is that this job I have, um, I actually get more fulfillment from it now. Uh, Why is that? Because, because I, it aligns with my values. It really does. I'm like, well, wait, sure. I could maybe go earn more money somewhere else. And look, I'm in a very fortunate position. My, we have two incomes. My, uh, you know, I have a husband who 
he's you know he we have a lot of stability through his job um but you know i get to say hey i i get to i get to work every day until two Mm -hmm. and then i can be done and i get to then be with my kids and i get to also take care of me and i get to go volunteer when i want to volunteer so i'm very fortunate you know and then in the past it was like it felt more like oh how do i how do i manage this plus this and get all this done and it's it's a perspective shift Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where i get to now it's like oh this is this is instead of being like a crazy trying to fit everything in it's more like oh wait this is so great now i i I see it as the benefits of it versus the you're more conscious yeah absolutely now i'm afraid we are we are near the end of our time here and so we're going to have to wrap up there's so many more things i want to ask you both about (laughs) um let me just ask you uh each to if you could boil it down to you know 15 seconds why should people read this book daniel I think uh, people should read this book if they want to find a way to fundamentally change how they approach their busy lives as parents in a way that allows them to say yes to more things by prioritizing what's most important. Thank you for that, Daniel. How about you, Adrian? What would you say? Yeah, Daniel, that was very spot on. Um, and I would say the same thing. I mean, if you, to get to help you find answers and looking at it in a different way. The exercises that you do while uh, Daniel mentioned this early, it took a lot, it took a lot of work. It mm-hmm. really did. And sometimes I wanted to, you know, chuck in the towel cause you got everything else going on, mm-hmm. but it gives you a long-term vision. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a, this works for someone else. So it's definitely going to work for you. You are create, it's a plan that you create for yourself based on your values and vision together. Mm-hmm. So it's individual to every person that reads it. It's a roadmap. Mm-hmm. And, it's, um, and that roadmap, if you're true to what you're doing, um, really can help define and give you a good path that um, helps you meet your ultimate um, goals. Awesome. With your family and your balance and all your, your different domains. Daniel Chen, Adrian DeMori, thank you so much for participating in our research and for joining me on the show today to talk about your experience with Parents Who Lead. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was thank nice you, to be here. This was fun. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, stay tuned because we're going to take a very short break here, but don't go away. When we come back, you're going to meet a couple, married couple, raising kids together, who were in our Parents Who Lead uh, workshop uh, that were uh, part of the basis for the uh, the book, Parents Who Lead. We're going to be talking with them about their experience and what it was like to do this together. In this half hour, my guests are Jason Collier and Heidi Hess Van Ludwig. Let me tell you a little bit more about them. Jason is a product manager in Raleigh, North Carolina, with a background in software development and design thinking. He first attended my course on total leadership about four years ago as part of his Wharton Executive MBA experience. Heidi is a strategic business consultant and change manager for internal programs at Red Hat, the software company. She studied workplace innovation and is always looking for ways to integrate and optimize activity and decision-making so she can spend her time doing fun stuff like being creative and writing for opensource.com. Jason and Heidi, welcome to Work and Life. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thanks. Great to be here, too. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me, and thanks again for your participation in our research um, there's so many things I want to ask you about. Let me just jump right in and, and first ask, why did you do this to begin with when I invited you both? Jason. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was just one of those interesting things. I'm, I'm pretty inquisitive. Um, I, I love Heidi and our family. Um, I want to have a more enjoyable life. Um, and I think, you know, at the same time, we there's a lot of challenges um, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel like we should be able to do things better. Um, but, but that can be a hard thing, right? Like, um, we're all kind of learning how to be parents, um, kind of on our own here. Mm-hmm. How about you, Heidi? What was the motivation for you? Why did you say yes? 
Yeah. So, I mean, Jason approached me about, I think the email went out to him and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm always very curious and I'm one of those nerds that always does all the exercises in the back of a self-help book. So I'm like, wow, a workshop where I can learn something about myself. Like, absolutely. Um, so, so that's what motivated me. It was just kind of curiosity and always trying to become mm-hmm. you know, a more aware person. Yeah. So you got to be open and curious to discover mm-hmm. new things about yourself and who you are as a parent, who you are as a person. What would you say now, uh, looking back, was the most valuable aspect of the program for you? Jason, let me start with you. Um, you know, I, I think one thing is it, interesting because it's, it's the first, it's one of the first things that you cover is, is, you know, your personal values and, and, and your shared vision. Mm-hmm. And I think as, as kind of deceptively kind of fundamental as that is, um, I think what I learned through that is we're, we're so caught up in, in putting something down, seeing action, seeing progress, right? Some of these things around your personal values, um, they were things that I would say, but didn't really, think about mm-hmm. um you know it, it seemed obvious to me um and that's one of those things that i'm that i'm revisiting now even you know as, as things that you have highs and lows in your life um what are those values that you really come back to why do you get enjoyment out of certain activities or, or why do you fall back into different habits and behaviors mm-hmm. um so i think taking time to to explain and and do the introspection on on what your values are that was that was one of the biggest things for me how about for you Heidi yeah and I I think that's that's one of the best things and I also would extend that and just say being you know having the idea to integrate these different aspects of your life because I I tend to get very compartmentalized Mm -hmm. and very like you know very practical rubber meets the road kind of got to get this done kind of person and I forget about, you know, if I'm focusing on my career, I forget about family and community um, and myself. And so even just like being reminded that, you know, all of those, all those things are important was Mm -hmm. one of the most beneficial aspects. And remind me, you have, what, what are your children's lives? Like how old are they? Yeah, we have one daughter and she's turning five in April. Got it. Um, and she's doing all right? She's doing fantastic. She's living <laughs> large and in charge. <laughs> in charge, indeed. She will win. That's <laughs> that's one of the important messages I will convey to you as a father of now three kids who are in their 20s and 30s. It's her game. Uh, well, what was the hardest part of uh, of doing this work that that we asked you to do when you were part of the Parents Who Lead Project? Jason, how about you? What, what was most um, difficult for you? I, I guess kind of two things. Is one, um, I, I think you all make a make a great point, right? That, that these things build on themselves; they lead into the next thing. Um, you kind of start at, at the base and, and build up. Um, but there's also kind of, at, at least in my personality, a sense to to kind of rush ahead or, or think that you should be making progress on these things, mm-hmm. right? That if you read. 50 pages in a chapter and you do the exercises, then you're kind of ready for the, for the next chapter. Um, and, and so they build on each other, but it's not necessarily linear um, when you start figuring these things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, so, so the values, as I mentioned, was an area where I had to do a lot of exploration. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then even in, in some of the experiments, um, it's a, it, it, it intellectually makes sense. Um, but it's, it's, like a muscle that we haven't really exercised much, mm-hmm. uh, like prior to it. So I think trying to be creative where you aren't just kind of trying to multitask more and more in your day, like adding more to your to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a challenge. Yeah. It's not easy to come up with ways to innovate that are good for all the different parts of your lives together. Um, right. and, and it takes some effort and usually people get, you know, part of it right, part of it wrong. But the benefit ultimately is, as as you were just saying, Heidi, is that you you become more conscious of mm-hmm. the choices that you're making, why you're making them, and that helps you to, well, just to be smarter about the choices that you make going forward as as a parent and and in the other parts of your life. So, Heidi, what was what was the most challenging or the most difficult part of of our program for you? Yeah, and I would actually say that exact thing that Jason mentioned, mm-hmm. which was 
finding a, a solution to a problem that that touched upon all four quadrants. Like I remember the first um, time that we tried an exercise on that and my, my mind just kind of exploded and it was like out of my vernacular at the time. Um, but now, you know, later on, I can kind of see having practiced it like a muscle for a little while, you know, it's easier to see not just, so what, what, what we normally do if we're compartmentalizing is we say, oh, but if I, if I try to find a solution in these three other places, mm-hmm. I'm, get, I'm at a disadvantage. But over time, what you learn is that there's benefits to solving the problem differently hmm. that you hadn't seen before. Um, Could you give an example, give an example of that? Yeah, yeah. So like self-care, right? Um, uh-huh. You know, if I take care of myself, you know, we parents can sometimes feel guilty about it and say, oh, well, I'm taking quality time away from my daughter. Right. But if you try to think about it in terms of their needs and the quadrants, you start to say, well, wait a second, you know, there's a benefit to my work if I'm taking care of myself, there's a benefit to my child. So, and then you can start asking a question of, if I don't solve this problem in a different way, what's the disadvantage of that, Mm -hmm. right? Like if I continue it on and don't self-care, what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. So it kind of expands your mind the better that the stronger that muscle is, but it, it it definitely is kind of awkward at first and it was not a natural thing, right? It was very new to me, so that was hard. It is for most people to to take what I call the four way view and to see things from the perspective of the different parts of your life and how they are interconnected and interdependent and how they affect each other. Yours is a great and very common example, Heidi, of how people start to think differently about, for example, taking care of themselves. And this is especially true for working mothers, in my experience, that the the guilt that they feel about trying to do something that's good for them, thinking, well, I can't do that because then I'll be less available to my children or my work or my spouse or whatever it is. But when you think more expansively, exactly as you just said, about how what you're doing here is not just for you, but it's for them, and that's how leaders think. What's going to be good for us? And how am mm-hmm. I going to take us forward? So um, what what was surprising to you, uh, reflecting back now on our experience and, and what's resonated or stayed with you, what was the most surprising thing about what we did together, Jason? Mm. Um, I think... You know, one thing that was that was really valuable, um, and and we saw it, um, Heidi and, and myself, um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, is, you know, it's it's not this this straightforward um, kind of multitasking, you know, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's not even, you know, what what good looks like or what the what success looks like. So we we took a trip um, out to the coast, and it was you know, the, the off season, obviously down here at the beach. Um, but we were just kind of playing around thinking hypothetically, you know, in, in a couple of years, whenever it is that we retire, um, you know, would it be nice to live out by the beach? Um, so we thought, you know, normally whenever we go, we go out, um, right. It's it's this big thing. It's the height of the summer. You bring all your toys, you go in the water. Um, you know, our expectations for this trip though, was just, look, we're we're there to, to see a few towns, the hotel we have had like an indoor swimming pool so Uli could have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our expectation. If we got out, we got in the water in the pool and we saw one or two towns, we were happy. Um, and so I think, it, you know, as, as you try and think of integrating your life in various ways, try not to have these expectations for, um, oh, this mm-hmm. is going to be the best thing ever mm-hmm. and everything is going to be different. It's, it's these small, subtle ways, right? Mm-hmm. That, they can reduce stress um, and just improve kind of quality of life. And then it can kind of snowball from there, I would say. How about for you, Heidi? What, what, what did you find most surprising that stuck with you? I think I'd have to say the reconnection with Jason that this, the program kind of brought about. Um, say more. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it, right? Like, I, I was sort of this innocent bystander <laughs> tagging along uh-huh. on, this, <laughs> on this adventure. Um, but the exercises that we went through just really kind of reconfirmed why I married Jason and, and my love for him and us being best friends and 
And all of that emotional connection that can kind of get lost when you're parenting and when you're following your passion. Because at this point, Jason and I both had advanced degrees, so we were really interested in, you know, do you know, aligning our career with those things. Sure. And, um, and so I, I didn't expect that, but it was just a wonderful gift um, to, to to have that happen and to reconnect that way. Um, even after, you know, some difficult things, right? Um, parenting is super difficult for a lot of us. So For everyone. That, yeah, for everyone. <laughs> so that was a really nice benefit of it. You, were, you weren't planning that, but it, can you say briefly what it was about what we did in this, in this work that, that um, helped to sort of solidify or perhaps reimagine that connection that the two of you have? Yeah, I think, so I, I think for the... You know, our, our relationship is kind of based on that, especially because I, I don't like being vulnerable generally. Um, I, but I love Jason because I could show him what we call our, our soft underbellies without fear of <laughs> being judged and things. Um, but when you have a kid and you have a career, um, it, it, a lot of that can tend to go by the wayside. And so, you know, Jason mentioned the exercise of finding out, reminding yourself what your personal values are and your family values are. So mm-hmm. even starting at the beginning like that, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, we're, we have the same, right? Like they're the same, uh, even though we're arguing about, you know, how to raise our daughter or about certain things that come up day to day. Oh, those, those big picture things are the same. Mm-hmm. And so as we kept going through the exercises, we kept finding that, right? And the willingness for both of us to be open in this process um, hmm. is so important, right? Like you can't reimagine or rebuild or build on that intimacy if, if you're not both willing to be open and try and, and fail sometimes. So yes. just going through this process like that was really reconnective for us. It sounded like uh, you had a greater appreciation for what the common ground that you're walking together actually looks like. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely true. Yeah, and that's a good point because, like, you know, so often you kind of look at, well, like, you know, here's here's the pain point or here's what's wrong. Um, but it was nice to kind of affirm and, and walk through things um, again and see what we have in common. Um, that was great. And how did the, the work that we did and the various exercises that you did both alone and then together and then in coaching exchanges with other parents who were doing this work – how did it affect your your work life and your careers, Jason? You want to take a? You mean like what ideas did we get from well, kind of other people? Uh, or just um, in terms of the exercises that you did, or what you learned from other people? Did it uh, have an impact on your your work life on either the day to day basis or in a bigger picture? Um, yeah. So I mean, maybe Heidi, I'll jump in. Um, I think for sure it was it was really nice. Um, just to, to know that you're not alone. And maybe a lot of people feel that way already, but um, it's always nice um, to know that, that other people face these same struggles. And, and it was great because, you know, during, during some of the research you're doing for the book, um, it was real people that we got to talk to and meet with, um, right? It wasn't like, you know, that caricature of, you know, whatever's on TV, right? It wasn't, it wasn't some, some twist of, of reality. Um, I, I think w- one thing that I've seen is a lot of times this might be common, you know, people kind of misplace what they expect their career to do for them um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the fulfillment that they get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can it can play a really big part. Um, but I think mapping out your domains, what percentage of, of where you want to make investments, where you get, um, you know, strength and energy and happiness from. Um, and by I, domains, I let me just clarify, we're talking about the parts of your life, your work, your home, your community, and your private self. So exactly. by doing that analysis, yes, please continue, Jason. Oh, um, yeah, just, um, you know, it, it, I think for me it led to um, a more well-rounded picture of who I am and, mm-hmm. and what life is, right? When you have a setback in one domain, mm-hmm. um, it can be really easy to to put too much emphasis or too much weight on that, hmm. um, right? Where, where really, if you do that investigation into yourself, you can kind of start to tell yourself, hey, that's not really what's going on. It feels that way, but that's not true. Hmm. 
So you're able to put work in a, in a, in a fresh light, perhaps, or a different context as a result of thinking through the, the different parts of your life and the relationships in them? Is that right? Yeah, I think a more realistic um, mm. and maybe like, like a healthier light, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the things we know about effective leadership is that uh, good leaders, they deal with reality. <laughs> they don't, you know, and they, they're not, they become a little less afraid of it. And, and, and that, of course, enables them to be able to move to a better future because they're dealing with what's real right now. How about for you, Heidi? Did, did the work that we did together, how did it influence or affect in any way the, your experience of work and career in your life? I think it made me more open-minded to the things that people have to confront. You know, along the lines of what Jason was saying, um, you definitely feel a part of a community when you're, when you're sharing, um, and that helps resonate in all of the different areas of your life. But I also feel like it reminds me that we're all human, even if we can't see it, right? Like mm. when we're in the, when we're in professional world, we don't share it necessarily. Right. Um, and so seeing, seeing behind the closed door of other people, it just helped me like realize that everybody's going through something. And I think for me in the really long-term picture, it helped me question where I want to work and the values really? of the organization that I work for. Hmm. Um, you know, coming from mostly large conventional organizations, and now I work for a large unconventional organization, mm-hmm. um, you know, it really, it really makes me think like, you know, what are the values of the place that I'm going to work at? And do they integrate with the other quadrants, right, and those other areas um mm-hmm. are they inclusive of me as a mom a working mom um and whatever my spiritual practices are or are they not mm. you know and um and so i think that it opened my mind to making choices that just kind of integrate my whole self uh with where i work and yeah. rather, instead of compartmentalizing it and just accepting whatever you know good role comes my way it's also the culture of of where right. that role is is very important what a powerful and important idea that that you glean from this that you're more intentional about the fit mm-hmm. of the culture and values of the organizations you choose to be a part of uh mm-hmm. in terms of how they're going to affect your your life as as a whole we're we're just about at the end of our time here uh and I have about 17 other things I want to ask you about but let me <laughs> let me ask you this um why do you think what would you say to people who are thinking of uh, of reading this book? What would you? How would you advise them? Why should they read it, and and how should they approach it? Um, I would say, you know, I, I think it's wonderful that the readers can be um, in the world, right, where where they have a partner that they love, um, you know, potentially, you know, children that they love, whether they're on their way or they're here already. Um, you know, there's a lot of blessings there. Um, I think a lot of this is about understanding yourself. Um, it's kind of challenging um, the, uh, the stories that you tell yourself, mm-hmm. um, the stories, right, that, that may not be the best ones for you because, you know, maybe you're not feeling as, you know, as, as you know, happy or enthusiastic or motivated as you want to be, um, maybe feel like something's missing. Um, so, so I think that there's a lot of good there um, and, and not to feel as though, you know, some of these challenges we face just like eclipse so much, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. they're hard problems. We're still facing, you know, a lot of things like, like a lot of new challenges. Um, but I just want to take a moment and say that I think um, more often than not, a lot of people have a lot to be very thankful for. Indeed. And what would you say, Heidi, about why people ought to explore this book and use it? Um, I think that it's a very practical way of figuring out some of how to address some of the difficulties that we have as kind of career oriented parents, um, or even just being a parent at all, really. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of times you can approach a book like this and feel like it's too theoretical. It doesn't explain or the, or maybe the exercises don't really work, Mm -hmm. but, I feel like they work really well because we went through them once, right? And we haven't had the book since we, we did the workshop with you. Right. And it's changed us even to this, to this day and how we make decisions. And so 
I feel like if people give it a try and they, they don't put a lot of stress on themselves, have expectations, um, and, they, and they just do their best and they just kind of give it a chance, I think, I think that they'll find that it influences them in really positive ways mm-hmm. um, that you, know, you can only experience if you do it. Jason and Heidi, I really appreciate the contributions you made to this research. It's wonderful to hear your thoughts and reflections on Parents Who Lead. Thank you so much for taking the time to share them with us today. Of course. Thank you. Happy to help. I hope you found my conversation about Parents Who Lead to be useful and that you took away some ideas for action. Our mission with this project, with this book, as urgent as ever in the throes of a global health crisis here in March 2020, is to enable working mothers and fathers everywhere to become consciously values-driven leaders in all parts of their lives so they have the capacity to construct a strong foundation on which the next generation can stand. Because children, after all, need parents who lead. So here then is a challenge for you, an invitation. If you're a parent, you heard my guests who participated in our lab talk about the value they took from composing a collective leadership vision as a parenting partnership. Why not try doing this yourself? Anyone can do it. And just about everyone who does finds it to be exciting and fruitful. Try it, just as we described it in the episode just now. And let me know what you discover. I'd love to hear from you. So get in touch with me directly, friedman at wharton.upenn.edu, or you can find me on LinkedIn, and you can learn more about the book and the project that this book is a part of at www.parentswholead.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work and Life. This conversation was originally recorded on my weekly radio show on Sirius XM 132, Wharton Business Radio. Tune in for on-air broadcasts of Work and Life on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. For more about this episode's guest and about previous guests, visit workandlifepodcast.com. And for more ideas and tools for creating harmony among the different parts of life, check out our website, totalleadership.org, and my book, Total Leadership, Be a Better Leader, Have a Richer Life. If you like this podcast, please subscribe Rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Until next time, I'm your host, Stu Friedman, and I thank you for joining me. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.